At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook Special Sunday Edition. We don't usually have a Sunday edition. We usually do Mondays, of course. But we decided to go Sunday instead of Monday this week because we have five WNBA games going on on Sunday. It's going to be a great slate. And we have none on Monday. Some on Tuesday. And, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday to preview the Wednesday games. But had to get this in. And, plus, we have a great guest coming up to talk WNBA, Karina Mustafa, who hit an incredible five-leg parlay not but a few weeks ago. And for Fortunately, has not continued to bet those five-leg parlays because she's smart like that, but is on here to break down the WNBA action going on on Sunday. And some of the games start early if you're at least in the Pacific time zone like I am, 10 a.m. Pacific time for the first game. And also the game that both Krina and I are most excited for, the sky and the sun. So we'll get into all of that. But before we do, we'll also talk Dodgers and Angels. The Dodgers wrapping up their series versus the Rockies and the Angels wrapping up their series hosting the Rangers. And then, of course, the Dodgers will move on to host the Giants starting on Monday. The Angels will be back in action starting on Tuesday. So we'll get into all of that, and we'll pick back up where we left off with our UCLA versus USC preview, looking at the skills players. So we're talking wide receiver, running backs, and tight ends in today's comparison. But we'll start with the Dodgers and Angels. And before we get into that, let's take a look at the Los Angeles line. So like I promised, the Dodgers and the Angels both in action on Sunday. And we have some pretty solid pitching going on as far as at least the Angels are concerned. Yes, I'm even including the Angels in this. But both games going on in the afternoon. Dodgers starting at 12 10 p.m. Pacific time. Angels 107 110 p.m. Pacific time. So Dodgers at the Rockies here. You're seeing the Dodgers 
total for this one around 11 and a half and the Dodgers money line at minus 180 the Rockies plus 155 Dodgers run line so minus one and a half runs at minus 125 and then the Rockies to lose by less than a run so plus one and a half runs here plus 105 as for the Angels they are hosting the Rangers and Reed Detmers is on the mound for them against Dane Dunning of the Rangers Angels money line minus 125 Rangers plus 105 total for this one sitting at eight. And I think that's about right. I would be a little bit surprised if we saw a high scoring matchup between these two, but we'll get into more of that in just a moment. Also for the WNBA, as far as futures are considered, the Aces plus 175, the, Sky, the Chicago Sky two to one, the Seattle Storm sitting at four to one, the Connecticut Sun five to one. That's a good bet. I might get some sun action. Washington Mystics sitting at 12 to 1. I have them at 15 to 1. And then we see a sharp drop off from there. Dallas Wings at 80 to 1. The Lynx at 80 to 1. The Mercury at 110 to 1. If you think they're just going to surge through the postseason. Of course, we'll have to get into it first. You can find all these odds and more at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, let's get into the Dodgers at the Rockies. Now, Tony Gonsolin, Mr. Reliable for the most part, on the mound for LA on Sunday to wrap up this series. Now, he's had an incredible season. He's not only the sixth pitcher in Dodgers history to start 10-0 with a 1.54 ERA or better, but his 11-0 start is tied with Alex Wood for the best in franchise history. We know that. We've seen how well he's done. Now, he did register his first loss last week versus the Nats on July 25th. That was a Monday coming out of the All-Star break. And speaking of the All-Star game, he allowed a pair of four-run innings in that uh, before July 13th, mind you, he hadn't allowed more than two earned runs in any of his starts, let alone in one inning, and he allowed three runs in his one inning of work in that Midsummer Classic. So maybe a little bit of regression coming. I do remember seeing, I believe, and Adam Burke, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but Adam Burke of Eason, who's a great analyst, comes on with us on the show at least once a week. I think he had Tony Gonsolin on his list at some point of perhaps going to see some regression and that's not shocking really again we're seeing an 11 and 0 pitcher but we have to wonder is this going to consider continue with Tony Gonsolin is it going to fall off a little bit the sharpness towards the end of the season here possibly and maybe that makes you a little bit more uneasy to bet the Dodgers here especially because you're always having to lay a pretty decent price with them German Marquez on the mound for the Rockies has weirdly enough been trending in the right direction I think you could, I mean, this maybe this is being generous, but 5.25 ERA, 1.43 whip. He allowed one run on seven hits and one walk in his six innings he pitched last, struck out six, and really just a bad luck loss for him on Tuesday versus the White Sox in that game. So I think trending in the right direction, but I still am going to trust Mr. Gonsolin here in the matchup and you're only getting the Dodgers around minus 180 minus 200 now of course it is usually of my belief that you could look to the run line for the Dodgers and that again is unique to the Dodgers in baseball betting I would say normally I would not want to touch a run line the Dodgers are the exception but the exception to the exception is Dodgers versus teams that aren't that good and specifically the Rockies now for whatever reason some of these Dodgers Rockies games have been very close the opening of this series was what 13-0 so not even, not a chance. But then we see one that's decided by one run, very next game. And that seems to happen with the Rockies more often than not. And also teams that they just don't get up for, right? They don't get up for the games maybe that aren't as valuable to them, even though the Dodgers have been on a tear really coming out of the break. So for me, it would stay off of this game. 
the Rockies have lost what seven or eight of their last 10 and seven straight to the Dodgers, something like that. Eight of the Dodgers last 10 wins have been by at least three runs. So I see why you'd want to look there. I think this is one just worth staying off of, unless you want to back Mr. Tony Gonsolin at a semi-decent price here. You're getting less than 200, something to consider. And also it is at Coors Field. We're seeing a pretty high total here. Something like three of the last dozen games or so between these two teams have had 12 or more runs. So that total might be a little bit out of control. It is at Coors Field. Do with that what you will. This is a stay off of game for me. But the Dodgers do start to host the Giants on Monday, wrapping up an eight-game road stretch, four games of the Giants starting Monday. And for the Giants, things have just been going all wrong since the break. Seven straight losses coming out of the break with the Dodgers giving them the first four. And the Giants now sitting at 48 and 50 with five games left before that August 2nd trade deadline. Are they going to be buyers or sellers? It kind of feels like a coin flip at this point. But that's only because the Giants are only three and a half games out of a wild card spot in the National League. They're behind the Braves, the Padres, the Cardinals, and the Phillies, and they don't have a terribly difficult schedule remaining. Plenty of games uh, against the Padres, obviously, which is going to determine a lot for them in this division. They also have three against Philly in September. I don't know. It could get interesting for the Giants, but I don't think it will be against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are likely to be heavy favorites here. We have Haney versus Webb on Monday. Haney looked good in his first start back after that long stint on the IL, two stints really, and he looked good. He looked solid. I am not rushing to the window to bet on him in his second game back, but maybe something like Webb under his strikeout prop would be interesting. The Dodgers are not a team that strikes out very often. They get on base. And uh, I think that Webb isn't going to be a particularly difficult challenge for this Dodgers team. So maybe something to look forward to on Monday. Rangers at the Angels, game four of four on Sunday with Reed Detmers on the mound for the Halos. I think they should call them the Halos instead of the Angels. I just think, I mean, I know people use it interchangeably, but I just like Halos better than Angels. Do with that what you will. Lefty pitcher, though, in Detmers, six scoreless innings against the Orioles a couple weeks ago. Right after that game, allowed two runs over six solid innings. Three and two loss for that one, and that was against the Astros. And his last outing at the Braves, he won. That was Sunday, July 24th. Detmers is going in the right direction. He's doing really good things. Now, is he getting the support that he needs from the rest of the team? Not always. But it seems like they're starting to get a little bit back on track. He did pitch against the Rangers twice in May and lost both of those games, allowed five and three earned runs. So I was going to look at something like under his earned runs prop, perhaps. But then I noticed his strikeout prop. Reed Detmers has had six or more strikeouts in five straight games pitched. Now, back in May versus the Rangers, he had three and four. So take that for what you will. But recency would tell us that his strikeouts have been really hitting. We're seeing six or more in the five straight. I think that we could look to an over in this, depending on what the prop ends up being. If we see a five and a half, great. Maybe worth a firing. Dane Dunning's going to be on the mound for the Rangers. His last outing was his first after missing two weeks because of calcification in his right ankle. Sounds awful. As somebody who's healing from ankle surgery right now, that sounds awful. But I'm very excited because all of my calcification and such has been cleared out. Wishing the best for Dane Dunning. That said... He was having some discomfort in his Achilles tendon, came back after those two weeks off, pitched five innings, looked really good. Tuesday, July 26th at the Mariners. After, you know, the first inning, really, because he had a two-run first inning, 34 pitches, leadoff homer by Julio Rodriguez, who, come on, we saw what he did in the home run contest. But after that, Dane Dunning did settle down, shut out ball over four innings, 
and only needed 51 pitches from there after a 34 pitch first inning. So settled down. Maybe it was just a little bit too excited getting back in, but probably looking for a solid outing here against the Angels. The Angels also strike out like it's their job. It's unfortunate for Angels fans, and I'm sorry to report it if this is news to you, but I do think this gives an opportunity for Dane perhaps. Last time he pitched against them back in May, he had six strikeouts and then eight. He's averaging more like three and a half or four over his last five games or so, more more around that range. But against this Angels team, you could see an over here and maybe you'll get a favorable price, something like over, or a favorable number rather, something over four and a half, something like that. So I think we could see an over on his strikeouts prop. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Reed Detmers go over as well. Like we said, six plus strikeouts in five straight games. So maybe it's over the strikeout props one way or another on the Rangers at the Angels on Sunday. We love to watch a strikeout prop. Next up, the Angels are at the A's. Three games starting on Tuesday. Is that a nice bounce spot, back spot for the Angels? I think so. I think so. That's a nice little cushion at least coming their way, hopefully. And also coming your way next, UCLA versus USC. We're going to do skills players. We're going to break it down for you. Spoiler alert, USC brought in a lot of talent. They brought in a lot of talent. We'll talk about it next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide, log on to the BetRivers app, or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Still your host, Danielle Alvari, and ready to talk some UCLA versus USC. The Pac-12, just things get more interesting every day, don't they? They just had Pac-12 Media Day the other day, and some... Comments were thrown around, if you will, but things just keep getting spicier. USC and UCLA obviously leading to the Big Ten being one of the biggest, if not the biggest, storyline. But also the fact that there aren't any divisions this season, so every game in the Pac-12 is going to be a big deal. So I'm excited for that. You just need to be one of the top two teams. Is that good for UCLA? Maybe not, but they were already fighting in the South with two of the best teams in Utah and USC. And now you're just throwing Oregon into the mix from the North as well. And then who knows? Who knows who might creep out of the woodworks, if you will. But we're going to continue our head-to-head comparison of these two teams. We have UCLA to start looking at skills players in today's. So wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. And USC added a lot of talent, only lost a little bit. UCLA, opposite. I would say lost a lot of talent and just kind of plugged the holes as best as possible would be the unfortunate way we have to describe it. Now, Kyle Phillips, Greg Dulcich, off to the NFL. So those are big losses. They combined for 101 receptions. They were so reliable for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, returning quarterback. At least we have that going on. But 101 receptions between Phillips and Dulcich, 59 by Phillips and 42 by Dulcich. So really, really even there. And Dulcich also off to the Broncos, by the way, if you're looking to continue watching some of your Bruins. I love doing that. I love watching for the UCLA players in the NFL. That said, that's big shoes to fill. Chase Cota is also gone. He left, transferred to Oregon. Lots of transfers. And I know that UCLA was not unique in this way. There were a lot of transfers all across the country, but it really seemed to hit the Bruins hard compared to other teams. Now, where did they add? Former Duke captain Jake Bobo 
leadership, solid hands, put up 74 receptions for 794 yards and only one touchdown. But that was in a kind of mid-Duke offense, if you will. He's going to get an upgrade in quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and he's going to be wide receiver one here. So I think that this is huge for the wide receiver's room in general. They need that leadership. So Jake coming on is going to be a big deal, obviously, and not the only transfer from Duke, by the way. We talked about that, I believe, last week when we were discussing the line. Logan Loya is also an obvious starter, it seems like, out of the slot. Could be up against freshman Jaden Marshall, something to consider. But again, they just really need that more veteran leadership in those roles. And you would think, well, at least the wide receivers have Bobo there to lead them. Unfortunately, the tight end, as far as Dulcich is concerned, that spot is going to be missing, I think, a little bit lacking. Senior Michael Azike will have to step up. He's coming off a three-catch, one-touchdown 2021. So you're like, oh, who's going to be catching these balls at some point, right? <laughs> because if it's not going to be a loaded wide receiver class and we haven't really replaced our top tight end, what's this going to look like? Now, the only thing we can say to that is that head coach Chip Kelly does a great job of putting his playmakers in excellent positions. One of those could be, honestly, Casimir Allen, who kind of – running back wide receiver blends it he's used pretty creatively in his formations you could still see that and obviously an incredible incredible athlete speed wise Casimir Allen is Cam Brown also still there Britton Brown is gone unfortunately off to the Las Vegas Raiders I believe but lo and behold one starter among them all stands alone Zach Charbonnet the running back 220 pounder who does not look it in the backfield by the way looks so agile so athletic had 1,137 rushing yards last season, 13 touchdowns. He is going to be an absolute must for DTR, of course. So we're at least returning that tandem between DTR and Zach Charbonnet, and that's something to look forward to, but that can't be your only option. So Jake Bobo going to be a huge addition for them as well. Maybe we get some creative Casimir Allen in there as well, and Michael Azike can step up in the tight end position. We would love to see that. But in general, I would say this is much thinner at these positions than USC is looking. So if we move on to USC, who did they lose? Uh, one Drake London, NFL first round pick, maybe a heard of him, All-American first team wide receiver who only played, what, half the season and was on track to break every single record in USC's book, it seemed, but did injure himself off to the NFL now, and pretty much the whole offense ran through him, and it worked. Honestly, it worked. <laughs> Even though they knew that, were going to them every, that they were going to him every time, it still worked. That said, that's their one major loss. They added a bunch. Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Travis Dye, Austin Jones. The list is long, and this is what's scary about this USC team, right? They can just boat race any team. They can just score and score and score, and if the defense is a concern for you, maybe it's not even going to become a factor. So if we take a look at this list, Jordan Addison, uh, maybe you know him from the 21 Biletnikoff Award winner. Yeah, that would be him. He transferred from Pitt to USC back in May. Huge addition. Mario Williams, Oklahoma's second leading pass catcher. So perhaps he knows Caleb Williams. Yes, Williams to Williams. Get used to hearing that this season. Then, of course, there's even more transfer talent in Travis Dye from Oregon. He was fifth on the Ducks' career rushing list. Career. Fifth. That's crazy. And then Stanford's Austin Jones, also who averaged 4.2 yards per carry. So the transfer market was just whatever they wanted pretty much they could pick up brendan rice also son of nfl legend jerry joined from colorado obviously gonna see a lot more production from him than we saw at colorado i would expect even though it is a lot of people you have to get in front of to get that ball 
Terrell Bynum also coming in after 19 starts for Washington. Uh, and really the only returners at all across the skill positions for USC, Gary Bryant Jr. and Taj Washington. Bless their hearts, because I remember talking about them last season, especially once Drake London went out, and it was them having to make something happen with a different quarterback every other game. So hopefully we don't see them completely disappear from the stat sheet, but those are the only returners for USC across the skill positions. And frankly, it doesn't hurt them the way that UCLA missing some of their key pieces, I think will. Uh, honestly, looking at UCLA's losses versus gains made me a little bit nervous. It made me start to gravitate towards the, oh my God, how are we going to get over eight wins this season? But the, the schedule does uh, lend itself to that at least. So that's still something we're looking over eight which you can can find at bet rivers still is that ucla eight wins on the season and one last note of course for usc junior darwin barlow and four-star recruit relique brown also going to be trying to factor into playing time really it's going to be a bevy of options for usc and that air raid attack of course is going to work best with an effective ground game for them so as long as they can establish that which i don't see why they can't with this bevy of weapons USC is going to be good. The offense is going to be good. This is not news. This is not a spoiler. And this was the one I was least looking forward to having to preview. But here it is. It's going to be sick to see it all come together. First year head coach as well. Uh, and as a fan of good football, I'm hoping that this looks electric. Except for against UCLA. Who's going to give them trouble? Of course, right? No, probably not. That said, let's talk about the WNBA on the Los Angeles CityCast with Karina Mustafa. Finally got her on the pod. We have five games on Sunday. We'll break them all down right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Very, very excited to finally long-awaited get on Karina Mustafa, WNBA host for the Parlay and FanDuel Canada. Karina, I know you were just on vacation. How was your vacation? It was very good. It was very nice to sit on the beach away from like all work for a week, but I'm like <laughs> newly motivated and I think that's good. Well, your bets were hidden before you left, so I could not wait. I was itching to get you onto the pod here, and I'm sure that people are wondering how you got into sports betting in the first place because you do an incredible job with the WNBA. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you catch all my parlay videos on the Fridays. Those are the ones that hit because whenever I do my <laughs> FanDuel videos on Tuesdays, for some reason, those ones never hit. But anyway, you know, take it take it with a with a grain of salt. But yeah, I I really I had never done sports betting content before until October of 2021, which is when the parlay kind of reached out to me and was like hey or like are you interested in being a host for us and it kind of just blossomed from there I learned I learned more about sports betting I learned how to create my own scripts things like that and so now I just find that it's so much fun to use that as analysis alongside my like WB analysis as well because I think it just like provides such a complete way of looking at the game yeah I completely agree with you and I love that you told us that this is just kind of what 
got you into it in the first place because I think some people aren't realizing that sports betting is just now exploding and we're seeing more and more people enter the space. But you are actually putting in the time to learn how to handicap as opposed to just picking things randomly or throwing random parlays together. So uh, you do a great, great job. And I've already asked you this before we actually jumped on. But just so the people know, do you have a sports background? Did you grow up playing sports? Yeah, so I played volleyball all throughout high school. As I kind of told you off the show, we won in my last year of high school, we won the championship in our division before the pandemic kind of shut the world down but I really love playing volleyball and then the thing that I love to tell everybody is that I did karate for six years and that I have two black belts that's always that always like gives a shock to people on their faces but it's uh it's pretty funny and I really love doing it if two black belts won't keep the trolls away from Twitter then I don't know what will so nobody's <laughs> gonna bug you about any bets that lose is the good news um especially not me uh, what is your favorite sports about on by the way now that you've kind of immersed yourself in this yeah, it's probably, it has to be tennis, just because I mm. feel like I'm so obsessed with tennis that I it's so much easier for me to predict things. I feel like basketball is really hard to bet on because it just seems a lot more unpredictable. It's a team sport, so there's a lot more factors, but tennis being an individual sport does make it a little bit easier to bet on. You're not the first person who's told me that before, too, so I think I'm missing out on something here in tennis. Yeah, yeah, hey, you gotta, you gotta go watch. Every time there's a Grand Slam, I got the daily show going on at the Parlay, so you gotta keep an eye out. And by the way, those. we're spelling Parlay, P-A-R-L-E-H, if you're looking for her show. Yes, because we are Canadians, so we gotta put the Canadian spit on it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> the Parlay. Well... We have lots of games that could be put into a parlay on Sunday for the WNBA. Let's take a look at the Sunday slate. We have five games, the earliest one starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So the sky at the sun, the sun have been covering. They've actually looked great coming out of the break. They've covered four straight. They just beat Seattle straight up. The sky are coming off that 10-point loss to the Aces. They haven't covered in four straight. One of those was actually a push. But they did win and cover both times against the sun this season. And I don't know if you caught both these games, but these are really, really fun ones to watch. So if anything, you want to have action on this one because it's going to be a really fun one to watch and also p.s it's dana evans birthday on monday so i don't know if she's gonna have a little bit of extra juice for her uh on the sky but what are your thoughts on this game yeah i always love watching the sky and the sun face up against each other because they're very similar teams in terms of like pace and defense as well um so i always like to take the under on the total points whenever they face <laughs> up against each other so i'm like you have monster side on both teams here and it just seems like the defense is always just going to stick out above anything else, especially like getting closer to the playoffs now. I think teams are kind of just trying to hunker down and see what's working. So I feel like this will be a low scoring game. I don't know who, probably this guy will come out because I feel like they're going to try to end out the season a little bit stronger. Yeah, I think so too, coming off of that Aces loss. And I'm seeing the totals for the first game on June 10th was 163 versus the Sun, and the other was 165. It went over the or it went under the 163, but their most recent matchup went over 165. That was 91 to 83. I was expecting that to be a closer defensive matchup as well. So I'm with you. I'd like to err on the side of seeing a little bit more defense here, but we know the Sun have been trying to push the pace this year, and that's resulted in a lot of issues for them, at least in terms of turnovers. But I think that overall you're right, we could see a lower scoring here and maybe we're going to see a total around 165 again. Yeah, probably most likely. Yeah, so we'll look at something under. Uh, would you look at something in the first half or even first quarter or is this something where you would look more full game? i probably go full game. I get super nervous about betting on <laughs> Even Even <laughs> by the end of the game, I'm like, oh my god. It's like there, I remember I, I did like a five leg parlay one time. It was the one that hit. I don't know if you remember it, but literally one of the games i bet the under on the total uh, amount of points and it like came like just under the the decimal points so i was like oh my god like it's so stressful <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, yeah, long with you here. I think full game is definitely the way to look for this. And do you, I mean, we're talking about two of the top four teams really in the league. Is this one of the teams that you think we're going to see in the finals in terms of either the Sky or the Sun? I think you can bet on the sky being there. I don't know about the sun. I was I was very confident in the sun last year, but I think this year the sky and the aces are a little bit closer in terms of them being in the finals. Do you have any concerns about the aces bench depth? I think we all have a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, like their starters are leading the league right now in terms of minutes played. And if you look at the minutes they play compared to the bench, like you kind of just want to shake your head a little bit because it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I think Kelsey Plum is at like 900 minutes by now, um, which is kind of crazy to think about. We'll see what happens in the playoffs because you tend to play with a tighter rotation anyway. So maybe it does end up benefiting them because they are used to doing that. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if fatigue catches up. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and that's so funny. Kelsey Plum, doesn't look like she's played a minute over 8.50. She's looking great. She looks like well, she's on a tear this year. Yeah. Uh, let's look at two teams that are going to be facing off at 11 a.m. Pacific time that I want no part of, the Mercury and the Liberty. Now, these are two teams that are kind of in the scrum here at the bottom, still fighting to try to possibly get a playoff spot. Uh, it's very tough to bet against Skylar Diggins-Smith, Diana Taurasi, and Co. And the Liberty are so unreliable unless that three shot is falling for them. So what are your thoughts on this matchup? I know. Their their last two games against the Sky were so close. They were able to get that first one last week, but then they lost yesterday without Candace Parker playing against them. So that makes me a little bit nervous because they should be able to close out games like that. And that's kind of their biggest issue this year is that they can't execute, execute, execute. Oh my God, I can't speak today. Execute down the line. <laughs> And the Mercury, though, the Mercury, I feel like they've been just as unreliable. So, like, I think I'm with you. Like, I'm very afraid to bet on this. It, my head says that the Liberty should take this one. And I do wonder if we'll see a higher scoring game. Do you think we'll see that at least? Because I'm not expecting a ton of defense necessarily on either side. Yeah, I think it should be a higher scoring game for sure. I think Sabrina's going to get into it. Um, I think Sammy Wickham didn't have as good of a shooting night, but... You know, it is what it is. We have pretty much all the Libs players are back now. I think Benija is the only one that's been on the injury report. So I think as long mm-hmm. as they get some more reps together and they get, kind of get the ball flowing, um, this should be a more of a higher offensive game. The total for this one last time on July 7th was 164.5. It went over and Phoenix won 84-81. to 81. They didn't cover, though. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites. What number would you want on this game if you were going to back the Liberty? <sighs> the spread has to be, like, Maybe like a four-point spread, honestly. Yeah. I it, want five on the be... Liberty. <laughs> At least. Uh, yeah. I thought it was disrespectful, honestly, that the Liberty, I think it was Friday night when they were against the Aces, maybe? It, or no, Chicago. Was, yeah, it was Chicago. I looked at the spread, and I was like, Chicago's favored by minus ten and a half. Ten. I was like, excuse me. They're the last, <laughs> first of all, the Liberty, that was their fourth matchup against each other. And mm-hmm. if you're not counting their first match of the season, which was that horrible like 30 point blowout that i will choose to forget for the rest of the day (laughs) (laughs) we never Uh, forget oh no um but other than that their matchups have been extremely close and like i i get that the spread was that large before we knew candace parker was out but Mm -hmm. i still made my video before candace parker was out and i said listen i don't think the liberty are going to lose by more than 11 so maybe take them to cover the spread instead I just feel yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Like, that was super disrespectful. And the spread shouldn't be that large against the Mercury either. 
Yeah, I agree. And so if you're getting something like four and a half or five here, like, and I just say this because we had Miles Ehrlich on the pod to preview those Friday, Saturday games. And we were talking about that game saying the sky will be favored by like seven or eight. It came out as 10 and I was shocked. I was like the disrespect to the Liberty. And of course, Liberty did end up covering it. So I would want to bet on the Liberty here more than the Mercury. <laughs> Who, which team would you rather see between these two teams in the playoffs? Well, I'm kind of biased because uh, I've been I've been covering the Liberty since last year. They're kind of my team, so I, I I really want the Liberty to kind of make that playoff push. But I'm I'm not as confident. Why? What do you like about the Liberty? Because I like them, and I'm not even obviously in New York. But the Liberty are a team that I gravitated to right away, starting to cover the W. Mm-hmm. So I became kind of obsessed with the Liberty when Sabrina was drafted because mm-hmm. she has a Romanian background. I have a Romanian background, so I instantly kind of attached myself towards her. And then they've had some struggles since she's been drafted. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. We won't talk about that bubble season because that was terrible. <laughs> um, but last year. I think what really clicked for me was having Benaja just be their best player on the team. They're so fun. You can tell that they really like each other. There's a lot of chemistry between all the players. Even this year, the pick and roll dynamic between Natasha Howard and Sabrina Ionescu is just an absolute blast to watch. And when things are clicking, when their offense is working, this Liberty team can be really hard to play against. And I think that it's their potential that makes me so excited about them. And I just want everybody else to see that potential as well. Yeah, they remind me of the Indiana Fever, but the Indiana Fever a couple years back from that, obviously. They had all of their first-round picks this year. They're the young, fun team to watch now. But the Liberty are on the rise, and so I'd love to see them mess around and get in the playoffs like they did last year, too, uh, and especially over the Mercury. I think the Mercury just need to need to pack this season up, unfortunately. It's not like anybody on that roster is retiring anyways. Let's just let's just call it a season. <laughs> I mean, if we're throwing shade, I've been saying free Skyler this entire season, and people right? are getting mad at me, but... Has anybody looked more miserable this season in the W than Skylar Diggins-Smith? She deserves better. She deserves better. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next game here. The Aces at the Fever. We've already seen this game, actually. This one just happened, and it was a mess. And the only thing that Miles and I recommended was betting on Aces first half. And that did come home for a couple people at least. But Aces at Fever going up again, 12 p.m. Pacific time. What's the spread going to be? What's it going to be? It's going to be out of control. It was. Well, it was out of control last time. It was minus 14 and a half, which I was like, yep, let's do it. Why not? And they won by like 20 points. So they covered that. I feel like it's going to be the same again. I don't see why it would change. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I would consider looking at a first half again, because we saw that at least come home for the Aces. But at some point, do they have to keep playing the rest of their players? And how big is the, you know, it's just how big is that win? gap going to be for them so it's so tough when you see these 15 point spreads yeah definitely i think and something that asia wilson actually mentioned in the post media presser yesterday was that she didn't like the way they came out in the first quarter and i Mm. feel like this time maybe there'll be a little bit more emphasis on them punching first instead of kind of like keeping it competitive in the first quarter so yeah probably betting on the first half probably be good it depends on whether or not Mm -hmm. becky's going to take out her starters in that second half yeah, you can't you can't bet this full game, I don't think. And the totals for these ones are also always out of control. I mean, Aces games in general are in the 170s, but 176, I went under that, 93 to 72 in the last matchup. I also think the Aces defense has taken a step forward since their loss to the Sky that I think exposed their defense a little bit. So I do think that we could see an under here for getting another high total in the 170s. Yeah, for sure. And I think because it's against a team like Indiana, I and I don't I don't see it going over. Yeah. Because Indiana has to play as well. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It takes two. It takes two. What about team total? Team total is so tough. I might look under the fever team total. I don't know. They're so feisty. 
They're yeah. so feisty. Yeah, they are feisty. I feel like we've been calling them feisty all year long. And then I was like looking at their win total. I was like, how feisty were Yikes. they actually? <laughs> like at covering spreads though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not at winning games. Definitely yeah. not at winning games this year. Well, uh, I, I have to say probably of the ones on the slate, this would be the one I'm the least excited about. I think it has the least betting potential and I think it's going to be a blowout. So we love the baby fever here. We stand them, but this is not their year. So let's move on <laughs> to somebody who's playing in their last year of basketball, Sue Bird and the Storm at the Mystics, also at 12 p.m. Pacific time. So if you don't want to watch Aces Fever, you can catch this one. Top two teams in defensive rating, Mystics dead last in pace, Stormer eighth. Are we expecting a slower game here? Yeah, so they just played against each other today, and the Storm won that one, even with uh, Elena playing. So I'm mm -hmm. interested to see if Elena plays tomorrow, because I'm assuming yeah. she wouldn't, because it's a back-to-back, -back, um, and we're getting closer to the playoffs, so they probably want to keep resting her. And if that's the case, then I'd probably take the Storm money line, honestly. Wow. You you feel confident with the Storm right now where they're at because I've they've been so wishy washy for me this season. They have. I feel like they just clinched a playoff spot too, so I feel like there's just that that extra like ah. pump, that extra pump in their step or pep in their step or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I think they're starting to gel a little bit better now towards the end of the season, which I think is good. Which kind of gives me a little bit of Chicago vibes from last season because. Chicago kind of tied it together during the playoffs. They kind of peaked at the right time. And I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Seattle's going to win the championship. By no means am I saying that. <laughs> uh, but but I'm just I never like, hear anybody talk about Seattle right now with championship odds. And they're pretty short. I don't hear about it. I hear about all the other teams. We hear about the Aces, the Sun, the Sky, even the Mystics, but no one talks about the Storm. Exactly. Like if you're going to if you're going to use the Mystics as a value bet to win the championship, then you might as well include the Storm in that category too because they still have Brianna Stewart, they still have Sue Bird, they still have Jewel Lloyd. Like they still have all of these players. So if the mm -hmm. Mystics are in, then the Storm should also be in that conversation. Yeah, I agree with you. But I also don't because I have a bet on the Mystics and I don't have one on the Storm. And there's just something that's preventing me from wanting to back that. And again, you're getting the Mystics at closer to 10 to 1 and you're getting the Storm around, what, 6 to 1 or so. So in terms of if you're going to go with the value bet, go with the bigger one. I think that 160 is going to be my number here for the total, where if it's 160, I want to look under. But if it's higher than that... I would be really shocked and I would love to head an under, but I think if we can get like a 160, it was 157 the last time they played, obviously on Saturday, July 30th, and it did go over 82 to 77. I feel like it'll go over again. You think? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know. Both these teams, what are they playing for at this point? Are they battling for a seating? Not really. Well, I guess what they're playing for, the Mystics are playing for revenge for today's yeah. game. Um, and the Storm are probably just trying to continue to prove themselves going into the playoffs yeah i agree with you i think i would look mystics here in this one and i am sick and would love to watch the first quarter of this and decide if i can get in on an under that's something that i would do to torture myself let's wrap it up with the links at the spark so the links the links to the team i'm cheering for so hard to make it <laughs> into playoffs support sylvia fowles in her final season i hope she i hope she comes back actually and then the la sparks which is the team that i should be championing the most because this is the los angeles city cast and i just can't i just can't <laughs> back the sparks and we saw what they looked like without liz cambage and it wasn't a good look so wh what is this is going to be a mess this game's going to be a mess oh my god you're a hater in your own city <laughs> yep. so funny i can't i would love to but you have to give me a team i can back guys come on now 
Um, here's where I'm at. I think the links are interesting. I also, I absolutely adore Sylvia Fowle, so I want the best mm -hmm. for them. I was kind of upset with the way their season started out. But then they kind of had this little run in July where they were knocking off the aces, they were knocking off the sky, and I was like, whoa, what is happening here? I'm like, this is crazy. Um, and then I think for the Sparks, the biggest thing for me is that I only have certain players that I can get behind. And I, I don't know about them as a team. I'm still kind of confused about their direction. But, like, I'm a huge fan of Lexi Brown. I really love her. I love that she's having a great year. Um, the Agumake sisters, obviously. I, I really don't know who to go with in this game. I feel like we need to stay away from any, like, Do you think it will be a toss-up? Do you think it's going to be a round of toss-up? Or do you think LA will get a little bit of, of a favor here since they are at home? They are at home, yeah. So they'll probably get a little bit favored. But honestly, like, just look towards betting some, like, player, some team totals here. Because, like, honestly, yeah. I don't know if I would go towards, like, money lines or spreads or anything like that. I'm wondering if there's, like, an opportunity for an over here. I'm seeing three straight overs for the Lynx and, you know, three of the last four for the Sparks. And, I again, don't expect a ton of defense from either of these teams. I don't she's know. Like, no. It's like She's like, no. This is another – we have another five-game slate, and I'm very, very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I You're not putting I, together a parlay for this? A five leg parlay? I went five for five that one time and never again. Yeah. Everybody was like, even um even Dana. That's good was advice. Like, She's not betting five leg parlays every week, guys. I know. It was crazy. it was a gigantic bet. It was like plus like it was in the two thousands. It was like this is crazy. And all of them was like were so close. They were so close, Danielle. Like I was it was no. It's too much stress. <laughs> uh all right, so Coin flip, if you had to pick, money line, links or sparks. All right, let's go Going sparks. Links. <laughs> I'm going to go links. I'm going to go links. I'm going to go links, and uh, I'm going to wish the best for Sylvia, of course, and just hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, listen. I would rather I would, bet on this be okay. even than the Mercury Liberty game. Really? Interesting. Okay. Okay. I see you. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite game on the board, or what's your favorite bet you think you'll be looking at? Uh, my favorite one is probably Sky Sun right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think A will be the more competitive one out of all of the matchups that we have on Sunday. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I'm much more confident betting on their defense than I am with anybody else slated yeah. on Sunday. And of course, it's the first game of the day. So everybody get up nice and early for that one. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, though. I appreciate you finally making the time. I know that you have a lot going on. And I know you have a birthday coming up, too. How are you going to celebrate? I do. I don't know. A lot of my friends have been asking. It's actually, it's funny. I've never actually done anything for my birthday. So we'll see. That's horrific. We have to work on that. Um, DM, it's a send Twitter request. You can find her on Twitter at Karina M-M. That's C-R-I-N-A-M-M. So tweet at her and give her birthday suggestions, please. So <laughs> yes, thank you please. so much, uh, Karina Mustafa. Find her on the parlay. Uh, and thanks for coming on. This is such a blast. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And thank you for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast new shows. Normally Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but today we're going to have a Sunday episode because there's lots of good WNBA basketball. We'll do that sometimes. But come on back for more Los Angeles action on Wednesday on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.